From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. So today we're going to talk about Schwab the Takeover. You know, we, we ran a podcast a few weeks ago about Schwab and and the, the, really it was the race to zero and, and all about... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Uh, what? What's your take on the name? Schmeritrade? Oh, boy. TD Schwabarade? Uh, uh, maybe it's German, like Schmade? How's that sound? Schmade, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, back to task, right? The, the bombshell really happened sooner than expected. This isn't exactly what we thought it would be, but the, the race to zero we thought was about fees, and the takeaway, the statement we made was nothing in life is free. Um, you know, it's just hidden somewhere else. And, and where we made the mistake was it, we were looking for a fee, and, and that's not what ended up being hidden. So tell me a little bit about what you think your initial thoughts are on this, this concept of the Schwab takeover. Well, just to you know, make sure everyone's clear, we, we are talking about the fact that, that Schwab uh, recently, it's, no one has commented on anything from Schwab or TD, but according to reports, $26 billion for Schwab to, to purchase TD Ameritrade. Um, and so I think to your point, this just comes down to, I think Schwab played TD. I think they played them like a fiddle. You know, they, they came out and, you know, made something free that frankly was only a small percentage of their revenue. Uh, TD, which showed their desperation, acted within the hour to drop their commissions, which was 30% of their revenue. And here we are, what, a month later, and they they purchased them. And I, they got played. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, now, you mentioned something important, and that's the, the revenue level. I think TDA was about 30%. So it was like, four, yeah, so, yeah, and Schwab was about four to six. I mean, there's different reports, but in that okay. range. Yeah. Well, I definitely would agree. So so well played. And and one of the things I think, you know, the, the piece of this, right, we said nothing's hidden. Uh, and nothing's free. It's it's all hidden somewhere else, and and that's it's the agenda. That's what we missed, right? That was the big bombshell. It's the agenda. So so Schwab clearly had something in mind, uh, you know. And this is a rumor, right? It's not necessarily official yet, but I think the uh, the process of making the agenda, can we do something to put the screws on TDA, is very clearly being made, right? They they made their pitch on zero fees. And, and all of a sudden, that kind of got the ball rolling. So I want to talk about stock price for a moment. The reason I asked Manish about revenue is the stock price. I, I, looked, I looked at the price the day that the uh, closing price for the day that the zero trade cost came out. And then I looked at the price the day before the rumor happened, right? The rumor of Schwab buying TDA. It's about a month or a little over a month time period. And, you know, the short and dirty is that Schwab's price, although both had a dramatic drop in the middle when everybody thought there's missing revenue, Schwab's price is up almost 7% and TDA's is only up about 3 Now, that's a short-term window, but you get the idea here is that Schwab decreased something that didn't mean anything to them, trade revenue, and TDA jumped on it, and that is a big piece for them. So, uh, Manish, do you have uh, some additional thoughts on that, that component? Absolutely. I mean, they, it was well played. They 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 played them like a fiddle, and and this, you know, they, it, we'll see how it all turns out, and we're going to dive into what our yeah. thoughts are on it for sure. But, you know, it, it was. 
a scale play. If you are going to cut commissions yeah. to zero, if you're going to, you know, cut these other costs down, you know, you're going to have to make it up in scale. And, and that's all this is, is a scale play. Well, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit about some of the other costs and things and how cash is used in our other podcast. So you can go look at that. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, but what other effects do you think there will be in regards to this merger? Uh, for advisors, yeah. So, well, they're going to sell synergies. But, but here, here's the deal. Most advisors out there understand that Fidelity and Schwab uh, do not necessarily cater to smaller RIAs. And when I say smaller RIAs, I'm talking about anyone under $100 million state registered. Now, look, that's a fantastic business. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But in terms of custodianship or where you custody money, uh, Schwab and Fidelity have shied away. TD has embraced those smaller folks and offered them technology, paid for technology in some cases. And so how is this going to play out with, with Schwab you know, bringing these people on board? Uh, the second main point here is Schwab has had a closed tech system. They don't have many APIs. They are now starting to open that up. But TD is the complete opposite. TD was one of the first custodians to have an open API structure using Veo one So <laughs> to merge those together at this point, it's, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the other things that, that really, I guess, bothers me is the concern, and it may not be a short-term concern, but rather long-term concern, is that what you're dealing with is the number one sized custodian buying the number three custodian. And let's face it, right? They'll, they'll probably call it synergies or whatever, but you know, that's people are impacted, right? The long and short, there are employees that are out there. Uh, I've been through mergers myself and, and can speak to that. No, I mean, of course not. Scale the definite, I mean, if you're gonna scale, the first thing you do is cut employees. Uh, especially when they when they're redundant, you know, you, you just don't need. But but you you've been through mergers and acquisitions before. For the first twelve months, likely nothing will happen. You know, they're gonna they're gonna slowly start making changes. They're gonna tell everyone that nothing will change, and then come year two, they're gonna start putting the hammer down. Especially, I think my two cents for what it's worth, smaller RIAs will be asked to leave and or be charged a custody fee. And guess what? This is not breaking news. They do this right now. If you are a smaller RIA, as far as I know, from my history, Fidelity and Schwab have custody fees. Yeah. Maybe they're not called custody fees, but they have charges. Yeah. Well, and not only that, I mean, I think this is this is really frustrating. You know, I mean, just from the perspective, I, I know enough advisors that that deal with whether they're running their own portfolios, you know, they're, they, they decide to leave one firm, go to another. And, and they have to choose and do their due diligence and, and find a, a new broker-dealer home or an RIA home, and they have to choose a new custodian. And, and at some point, I mean, this merger and acquisition stuff is crazy. They've got to be, like, throwing their hands up in the air, just frankly pissed, you know? What the hell? I mean, you know, trying to find the right combination of things to make their life easy. Um, you know, it would be nice if, if that was simple, but all of a sudden, I know advisors that have recently made these decisions. And Well, listen, I mean, to your point, so I posted on Twitter this morning, uh, we have an advisor, we have a couple advisors that left Cetera, they go to another firm, Securities America, use TD, and there's nothing wrong with any of these firms, but the point is, now your BD and your custodian just got bought in the matter of a month. So, 
at some point, all this consolidation, and I've talked to advisors all day today about this subject, and at some point, they just stop caring. When you keep treating people like revenue numbers and scale numbers, those people might react with a, hey, you know, give you the middle finger and, and move on. So I, at some point, it has to be just enough's enough. But, but hey, I wanted to mention, full disclosure, we have money at Fidelity. We have small, some money at TD. So we're going to go through this pain or transition or joy just along with, with everyone else. Um, and, and we don't know where it's going to end up. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, we're a small firm. We're a third-party manager. So we, we just like the advisors listening to us and, and advisors out there are going to have to figure this out. And uh, we'll keep you posted as we learn more. But a different question. What's your take on innovation? I, I think here's my take. When you have, yeah, when you have a firm and it, you know, you're working with a custodian and these smaller custodians are having more APIs, more digital onboarding, you have to have this competition to push you along. And when there's only two choices, you know, the top firms can tell smaller people, just leave. And I think this will stifle innovation. Some people don't think so, but put it this way. When you're combining two custodians, I guarantee you for the next two years, they're not going to really innovate anything. And so, I mean, that it's going to take time to combine. I, th I just don't think it's good for business, for any business to have this much concentrated it's going to be over 50 percent of all ria custody yep. business in the hands of one custodian five trillion dollars it, it's just i don't think i think it's going to hamper innovation to start and maybe at some point because of the scale it, it, it'll it'll come back up but who knows yeah okay so here we go you're you're an advisor you've made some of these decisions the rug's been pulled out from under you. You're pissed. You're ready to punch your computer, break your keyboard, and, and say, I just would like to do business and take care of my clients. I mean, what, what, um, what do you think they should do if they're really angry? Well, the emotional reaction, whether it's this or money management, is usually not the right one. So for now, I would, I would, I would do nothing. You know, just take it all in. We don't know anything yet. We don't know if the DOJ comes out and, and stops it. Uh, so right now, there's, there's nothing to do. Just go about your life and, and go about your business. However, if you are fed up with all this, I don't know how many options you have. So first, there's other small custodians, E-Trade, Trade PMR, Pershing. But you know this from your experience in the broker-dealer world. Who's to say that they don't get bought two months from now, six months from now? Um, so, so that's a risk. Yeah, you're right, and and I guess uh, let's let's take a little snap back, right? Little 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 look back to 2016 and 2017. It sets a little bit of the groundwork for what's going on. Excuse me. The um, you know 2016, 2017, you had TDA by um, oh gosh, what was it? Scott Trade, right? You had Ally by Trade King, um, E Trade bought Options House Aperture. And, and what was really happening then was I think it was a little bit of the, the sort of clearing of the tumbleweeds, right? You've, you've got these smaller firms uh, getting Correct. bought by mids. And then, uh, you know, there's, there, are, there are, yes, you've mentioned some new startups or some smaller, really smaller ones, uh, more the, the completely online. But what we've got now is these big, this big merger concept. And it just doesn't leave a lot of room. And, you know, look, the reality is the number one thing that usually ends up going uh, frustrating advisors is service and that's i'm gonna i'm gonna use what i call dial a ding dong right we nobody wants to be in that position where bigger is better no bigger is just bigger so you call a number 
you get somebody, you get an answer, you call back and hope you get the same answer just to make sure it's right. Um, small service is getting thrown out the window. Um, I, I just think that in this process, if this goes through, you've got the number one and number three custodians merging together, and that doesn't leave much room. Well, so in, in terms of what you're trying to get at, so the choices really are you have your small custodians, right? You have uh, the startup custodians like an altruist and yeah. shout out to Jason Wank, who, I, who I've got to know in the last couple of months. And, and we could dive into that a little later, but they're coming out with some cool tools and whatnot. And to your point, it's, it's the tuck-ins, right? You know, can you join an existing RIA? And what are the, the benefits and, and cons of that, right? Uh, you have your bigger firms out there that are aggregators that are, that are going out there recruiting, but they're still looking for 100, 200, 300 million dollar firms. And those firms, frankly, aren't going to have many issues at Schwab to begin with. What we're talking about is, you know, for those smaller RIAs, maybe the state registered RIAs, there could be a, a chance for you to tuck in with a smaller RIA, yet still, you know, someone that's large enough to have services and customer service and whatnot. And, and, and that's sort of that's what you're mentioning there in terms of, you know, tucking in with a Potomac or, or another firm like us who, who where you can still sort of remain independent, but but benefit from the um, you know, the services that we have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Spot on with the tuck in. I think it's going to continue to be tougher and tougher for the one to two person shops, the state registered, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 million dollar RAs. Um, you know, finding a home where you can feel at home is absolutely critical. It's like the old Cheers TV show, right? You, you want to be at a bar where everybody knows your name. Um, Manish, do you have any final thoughts in this process as we wrap this up? Yeah, not really. Just, just I don't think it's it's that big of a deal to get riled up about right now. We don't know if it's going to go through. Uh, I I don't know much about antitrust, but if this doesn't smell like something's funny, I don't know what the hell is. Um, you know, based on just how much of the market they're going to control. Uh, but uh, this administration is a little um, you know, loose in terms of that, um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it could go through, but but I, I would just hang tight for a little bit and 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 see what happens. All right. So time for recommendations, and I'm going to start this off. I have to say, it's not a TV show this time, but uh, Chick Fil A. Thank you very much for making the best spicy chicken sandwich on the market. It is so good with a little pepper jack cheese. Um, I absolutely love it. I think it's about wrong. It wrong. It is the wrong. You're wrong. No. You're wrong. No. It's Popeyes. No, it's not. You're wrong. Your recommendation sucks. You're wrong. It's great. Thank you, Chick Fil A. So, what do you have for a recommendation then, Junior? I don't. I don't have anything. You're drawing um, a blank. Huh? Oh, I. We watched Ray Donovan last night. A new season came. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know what? Screw this. This streaming stuff, man. Listen, this streaming stuff. It, it's such bullshit. Like I cancel and 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 sign up for channels. I feel like every month. You know, I I saw the new episode of Ray Donovan. I said sure. Of course, it's on Showtime, ten ninety nine. Um, and so I'm back to like four channels after canceling ten of them. So, but anyway, Ray Donovan. I think season seven now that they're into. I, I love that show. And and so yeah, the first episode I think was last night or two nights ago. I've got an idea. How about I go get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, and then I can watch the Ray Donovan series. <laughs> All right. I've, uh, that's uh, it for okay. me. On that note, man, like, subscribe, comment on the Connect Us page, www.potomacfund.com. And we'll see you next episode. Later. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own. 
and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.